Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Today, I have a very special guest who has quickly become someone I consider a precious friend. Linda Dillow is the author of several best-selling books, including Calm My Anxious Heart, Satisfy My Thirsty Soul, What's It Like to Be Married to Me, and the co-author of Intimate Issues, Passion Pursuit, Surprised by the Healer and Others. Linda and her husband Jody ministered in the former East European communist countries and in Asia for 18 years, training the leadership of the church. They have five grown children, one in heaven, and 10 amazing grandchildren. Linda loves to encourage women to hope in God and trust in His faithfulness. Linda and I talked for half an hour before I even hit the record button, and we spent over an hour recording a discussion, and then we continued to chat with each other for another 20 minutes or so. Today, you will be listening in on the first portion of our recorded visit as Linda shares the story of both her daughters who were fighting cancer at the same time during COVID, the devastating loss of her daughter Joy during that time, and about how hard it was to trust God from a place of surrender when that happened, even after 18 years of being a missionary in Eastern Europe during very difficult times under communism. With that, here is my talk with Linda Dillow. Well, hi, Linda. I want to give you a very warm welcome to the podcast today. Well, Laura, I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you Uh, for inviting me. Yeah, and you and I have been chatting for, well, over half an hour, and we just prayed together, and we've just been enjoying each other's company, getting to know each other, and just kind of basking in the Lord's presence for a little bit, too. So now I heard you on a podcast that has absolutely nothing to do (laughs) with grief and loss of loved ones, much less the death of a child. But when I heard you share your story with your good friend and the host of that that podcast, Julie Slattery, about the loss of your daughter, I just had to reach out to you to see if you would be my guest. And obviously, you accepted my invitation. And I believe that when we're done here, all the listeners will will know why I felt like I just had to reach out to you and have you on here. Now, I want to start out by having you share your story with us. How did you become a Pereaver? I know it was during COVID, during the shutdowns, right? And you had two adult daughters on the opposite ends of the country fighting cancer at the same time. Is that right? I did. Okay. Why don't you share with us? Laura, the way I think of it was that the pandemic started, but right before the pandemic started, our family started its own personal pandemic. And in Christmas of 2019, my daughter Robin, who was 50 and lived in New Jersey, called and said, Mom, I have triple negative breast cancer. And no one in our family had had breast cancer. And I said, well, sweetie, I'll come right away. 
And she said, no, I, I want you to come when I have chemo. And I said, okay, I'll come when you have chemo. And um, her breast cancer was not considered that serious. And they said they took the lump out and said, we'll do chemo and radiation. And my husband and I had two big suitcases, 50 pounds each packed. Mm -hmm. We were ready to go. We had, we had three granddaughters there, one in college and two in high school at Robin's house. And so, of course, one of the suitcases was full of gifts and the other was full of things. We didn't know how long we would be there. And this was in March of 2020. Mm. And so we were just getting ready to go to bed. We were getting up at four in the morning to go up to Denver to catch our flight and the phone rings and it's Robin's husband. And he said, I just hate to tell you this, but the doctor just told us that even if you get on that plane and come here, you will not be allowed in our house because of this virus that is coming. In fact, it's already here in New Jersey and New York. It probably hasn't really come to Colorado, but he is saying that Robin is going to be quarantined in her room because she is at a high level to get mm -hmm. this disease. So even the children cannot go in her room. She is going to be isolated there and you can't come in the house. Huh. So I'm just so sorry, but you can't come. Uh. I hang up the phone and our oldest son, who is a headmaster of a private school in Connecticut calls, mom, dad, you can't get on that plane. Do you know what this pandemic is? I've been studying it for three weeks because I have to know about it for the school. And you are elderly. I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, you're elderly. I said, Tom, I'm 79. When I'm 90, you can call me elderly. <laughs> and he said, no, I don't care if you say you're elderly. They're putting you in the elderly class. And this virus is going to be the hardest on your age group. And they are saying that you shouldn't get on the planes. And so I'm calling you and dad to say, please don't get on the plane. Hmm. Well, Laura, I did what any self-respecting mother would do. I went and I sat by my two big suitcases and I just sobbed. Yeah. My daughter had cancer and the doctor was saying I couldn't even go in the house. Hmm. And, and, and I, I'm thinking too, you had waited at her request. Yes, we had waited. Yeah. And now they were saying we couldn't, my son was saying, parents, you are elderly, you shouldn't fly. <laughs> and they were saying, and of course, we had no idea that March of 2020, this time, right then was the beginning right. of this virus that was going to sweep across our country. And so Robin began chemo and she had a horrible, horrible reaction to chemo. 
her blood levels totally tanked and she was taken by ambulance to Sloan Kettering in New York City. And I get this phone call, mom, they're scanning every part of my body individually because they say something's wrong with me. They're giving me all these infusions and my blood levels won't go up. And they have to go up. Nothing was wrong with any part of her body. And finally, the doctor said, this is a very horrible reaction to chemo. You can never again in your life have chemo. Mm. And after quite a while in the hospital, she went home and was again quarantined to her room. She was very weak because her blood levels just slowly, slowly came up. And none of the doctors, none of the hematologists at this major hospital could understand why she was having this reaction. A few months later, Christmas of 2020, Robin's sister, who's 20 months older, Joy, called and said, Mom, there's something wrong with me. And I don't know what it is, but I think there's something wrong with my liver. And I don't want you to worry, but I think there's something wrong. And within a month, we knew that Joy had pancreatic and liver cancer. And Joy was a homeopathic counselor. She was, she was so into health. She'd been a vegetarian since she was in college. She made her own almond milk at night. Uh And in fact, the place where she and her husband went for her to have treatment, which was a place that did alternative things as Mm -hmm. well as chemo and everything, they said, you have the purest body of anybody we have ever seen. And there's no, it does not make sense that you have pancreatic and liver cancer. So they began to do a lot of genetic testing on her. And our precious joy was only sick for two and a half months and went to heaven in March of 2021. We hardly had time to even get used to the idea that Mm. she had cancer. The blessing was that I was able to go out and be with her in Arizona where she was having treatment. I was able to be out there twice with her. Her sister, Robin, who was still very, very weak, went out and was with her the last six weeks of her life Mm. and took care of her. But none of us could believe that she was going to die. She had just gotten sick. Uh-huh. And it was Robin that had cancer, not Joy. Uh, yet she died so quickly. And so we were sitting around her bed with her 23-year-old daughter, her husband, friends from California, college friends who had flown from different states. and. I can remember thinking, God, this is just out of order. It's out of order Uh because our children are supposed to be sitting around our bed. Right. And it just doesn't feel right. And God, Joy is such a vibrant. She's so vibrant. She's so full of life. God, it just, it just doesn't seem right. God, her father and I are old. I've never had cancer. 
and now both my daughters have cancer. God, did you, did you not see me? Mm-hmm. I, I could have cancer. Right. How about me? Mm-hmm. And I will say that day, the day that Joy went to heaven, her husband, this amazing man, came up and hugged us and said, this was a beautiful day. There was laughter, there was prayer, there was sharing, there was, yes, it was, but there also also was deep grief. Uh And I remember getting up, Laura, and walking in the other room. You know, I'm a mom, and they had not let us know that Joy was so near death and she couldn't be taken home to die. Oh, wow. And so we were in this condo that they had rented. And when I knew we were going there and that there was nothing familiar for Joy there. Uh. I went looking everywhere, all over the house, pictures of Joy and the kids when they were young everything I could find to bring to make it look like a home. And uh, by the time I got there, Joy was unconscious. And I had this Uh, suitcase of things to make it look like a home. mm. I said, okay, God, I'm going to put them up anyway. And I put them all up in the living room. And Stephen and Annika, Joy's husband and daughter, she said, thank you so much for bringing these. Uh, Thank you for having me. you know, moms are moms. Yeah. We've got to try to create a home. Yes. But I was sitting there feeling like everything was out of order, even though other people were saying this was a beautiful day. And I walked in the other room and I said, God, could you give me a picture of what it's going to be like for joy in heaven? And Laura, I knew in saying that, that God doesn't have to do that. Right. And I didn't expect him to do it right then, but he did it right then. And immediately I saw Joy writing on her beloved Aslan, this this huge 160-pound Bernese mountain dog who had died several years ago, who was, Joy was an animal person, but this was her favorite of all time. And she had one hand in the hair and another on Aslan's mane because she thought he looked like a lion. (laughs) And she was just in delight, just Uh in delight. And Aslan was galloping. And I just said, God, thank you. Thank you for letting me see the delight. And I walked back in where everyone was sitting. And Joy's best friend, about an hour later, said, something yesterday happened that was really strange. Joy was in and out of consciousness, but she sat bolt upright and said, where is the lion? Where is the lion? And she said, I don't know what that means. And then she just laid back down and I said, well, I know what it Uh. means. And I told them about how I'd asked God to give me a picture of what heaven was going to be like for joy. And all of these friends of hers had known Aslan because 
Aslan was Joy's beloved dog, and they they just loved thinking of Joy in heaven riding on Aslan. And um, that was God's gift to me that day. Hmm. And I have a picture of Joy with Aslan that hmm. delights my soul. Oh, what a gift. But Laura, the pain in our family didn't end with Joy dying because our precious Robin, it's really too complicated to go into, but the reason she had the reaction she did to chemo is that um, both our girls have a gene that predisposes them to cancer. And Robin uh, has a mutation of that gene that is very, very rare. And now basically for the rest of her life, every six months has to have every part of her body scanned, has to have biopsies of her bone marrow, biopsies Uh. of skin. Um, And Uh. she's always waiting for the results Uh. of all of these things because she is so prone to cancer and can never have chemo or radiation again. So if they find something, they just have to get it out. They have to get it out. And so it's like a cancer cloud over her head. Mm. And this has been very hard on her three girls because uh, seven years ago, their father had cancer. Mm. Their beloved aunt joy Yes. In heaven, their mother has had cancer and now she is Mm -hmm. constantly going to the doctor, to hospitals. And it's like, it's like cancer is, is kind of taken over their family. Let's just say cancer isn't a real happy word. Right. Right. And so they did it. They had to do an operation to take out some of Robin's female organs this last mm. October. And we went back there. And when they didn't find any cancer, she just looked at me and said, Mom, I'm just going on with my life. Huh. That's what I'm supposed to do. So, Laura, that's what our whole family is setting our heart to do is to go on with our lives because there's pain in this world. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I think everybody listening knows that. <laughs> there's just pain. And um, it's, there is, there is pain. There is pain in life. As you know, because your, your precious Becky had cancer as a little girl and then mm-hmm. had repercussions of it later. And that's some of what we're seeing in our family. Yeah. And we're still dealing with children and nieces and cousins Mm -hmm. and their reaction to the death of joy because we all miss her. Right. And we love the Lord, but you know, all of our feet are just too glued to this world. Mm. Just, we just, we say we're all excited for heaven, but really we kind of like this world. Right. That's true. That's true. I remember my listeners, a lot of them know, or some that have read the book. uh, One of the things, it was almost a year to the day after Becca died. And I was with a friend in North Dakota and I, she was the first person I ever admitted to that I felt so horrible because I was more excited to see Becca in heaven than I was Jesus. 
And she so graciously said, but Laura, you've made a deposit there. And I think, you know, I think about how the Lord purposely, intentionally knew that our separation from those we love would hurt so deeply. He not only made a way for us to be with him forever, but with our loved ones forever. And so I, I, I can't help but picture him being so excited at watching us being reunited because he knows how deeply we miss each other. For That's this, a beautiful picture. I yeah, for, and for this temporary time that we're here, it doesn't feel temporary, but it is temporary. Right. And when we're with them, we're going to be with them forever, yeah. which is so much better than just being with them for a while here. Yeah. Now, Linda, you've written a book called Calm My Anxious Heart. And I actually pulled it up from my library app and I started reading it. I'm almost done with it. Now, in this book, you talk about Habakkuk being mm-hmm. an example of having to trust God when we can't see what he's doing. And the death of our child definitely takes that to a whole new level, doesn't it? It really does. Habakkuk is my favorite book of the Bible. And I have gone back to it in the last year and a half and studied it again, because of the pain of Joy's death and the pain of the girl's cancer. And I love that God gave an answer but it isn't the answer that Habakkuk wanted. And it really isn't the answer that we want. But I think the answer that he gave Habakkuk is the same answer he has for me and really for all of us. Mm -hmm. And what is that? Well, Habakkuk was saying to him, why have you, why would you send a more evil people to invade us? Mm -hmm. I, I don't get it. So God, because they were God's special chosen people, they were, I mean, we're like the apple of your eye, God. And God said, but, but Habakkuk was saying, but God, there's a lot of sin in our country. Mm -hmm. So would you, would you do something, do something to weed out the sin in our country? And I think of it like us getting on our knees and saying, God, look, there are there are children killing children in our schools. Look, look at look at fentanyl and mm-hmm. what's happening yes. in our country. God, look look at the abortions. God, do something. Mm-hmm. God says yes. I will send Putin and the Russians, or uh-huh. I will send I will send mm. North Koreans to come. And we say, wait, whoa, 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 God, they're worse than we are. Yeah, that is what I meant exactly. And that's exactly. The Babylonians were worse than the people that than the Jewish people. So Habakkuk, it made God made no sense to him, mm-hmm. and so he did what we do. He, why God? Mm-hmm. Why would you use someone worse than we are to judge us? Right. And, but I love Laura. What Habakkuk did instead of complaining or going to people and saying. I don't like this. I don't like this. He said, God, I'm going to go up on the watchtower. I'm going to go up on the highest part of the city and I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen to you to hear what you're going to say to me. Oh, that's a key, isn't it? That doesn't mean we can't talk to other people, but I think sometimes that's all we do. 
Mm-hmm. And we don't ever go get alone with God and wait for him. And he went and he waited. And God spoke to him and said, you're right. You heard me right. I'm going to send this evil people, the Babylonians, to take over your, your people. But Habakkuk, you leave them to me. That's up to me. But I have a message for you. And this is my message. And the message is the just shall live by faith and the righteous shall live by faith. And Laura, I love this because this little tiny verse in Habakkuk 2.4, it's repeated three times in the New Testament. The just shall live by faith. In other words, God just said, Habakkuk, I want you to trust me for what you can't see and what you don't understand and what doesn't make sense to you. Yeah. And that's really been my prayer to God. Okay, God, I know this is what it means to really trust you. I'm going to trust you for what I don't understand. I don't understand why my girls had cancer. I don't understand why Joy died. I'm going to trust you. I can't see how this is working together for good or right. what the outcome's going to be mm-hmm. in the families and my grandchildren. But God, you've asked me to trust you. I can't see, mm-hmm. but you can. And you say, trust me, Linda. And you're God and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I love Habakkuk so much, Laura, because after he made the decision to trust God, the rest of the book is about worship. Uh. He just worships God for who he is and for his character. And he still doesn't understand God, but he begins worshiping him for who he is and what he's done in the past. And I think the end of the book of Habakkuk is the most beautiful statement of faith plus in the Bible where it says, though the fig tree should not blossom yes. and there be no olives on the olive trees and there be no cattle in the stalls, uh-huh. yet will I praise you, yet exalt in the God of my salvation because he makes my feet like the feet of a deer so I can run the high place with my God. Uh And, you know, God, if I don't understand, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. And Laura, hard. I mean, it's just hard. And I don't think that I would get to trusting God for what I don't understand unless I had wrestled with God and written out a declaration of hope. Yes. And I want to hear about that. And one thing interesting that you said, you know, the scripture says the just or the righteous shall live by faith. And I hear you saying what I say a lot. To me, the word faith really can be substituted for the word trust. Because faith is trust. And to me, you know, we sometimes we hear, you know, how much faith is enough? I didn't have enough faith to keep my daughter from being healed from cancer. I didn't have enough faith to so many of us. That's what faith means. 
but it really means trust. It's not a, a presumption that I can get God to do something if I believe in him enough or I say the right scriptures enough or I pray enough or whatever enough, enough, enough is, but I can trust him. I, I, can, I can fall on him. I can lean on him and I can trust him. And to me, that's what faith is. True faith is not trusting him to do what I want him to do so that I don't have to go through pain. True faith is trusting him that no matter what evil comes my way while I'm in this world, I can depend on him to get me through this somehow. I can depend on him to be God. Yes, and, exactly. And, and to be his character and to love me. Yes. And to protect me. And does that mean that there will not be pain? No. Right. No. Because a lot of times we can think, well, if he loves me and he protected me, he didn't do that for my child. He, if he loves me, he wouldn't have let that happen. And so, yeah, let's talk about that. The character of God after let's get into this declaration of hope. Tell us about that, please. Well, I just, I, I thought so much as I wrestled before God and Laura, I've tried to write out what it feels like. And really, the, I don't know that there are words to say mm -hmm. it. There was just this big ball of sadness inside me, this big ball of pain. Mm -hmm. And I know biblically that hope is in two places. In Romans 15, 4, it says that hope comes from the word of God that it says, now, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And I think it was when joy called. I don't remember the timeline exactly, but I mm -hmm. think it was when not one daughter had cancer, but two did. I was walking around my house and I said, God, I just thank you for your scriptures. I just thank you for the word of God. Thank you that when I became a Christian at 20 as a college student and you turned my life around because Jesus was the answer to everything that from that time I have been studying your word and I know how Joseph, I know what he did with his pain and his problems. I know what Daniel did, but most of all, I know what the Lord Jesus did mm. and he gave them to you. Thank you that I know God's character because I know your word, but God in Romans 15, 13, it says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you, God, that I not only know your word, but I know that the Holy Spirit lives within me. And I know your presence and I know your voice. And I know that even though right now, I don't seem to be able to find joy, not my daughter joy, right? joy in life. Mm -hmm. I, I I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know where joy is and you find it for me. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know how this huge ball of pain inside me, this sadness that 
people will look at me and they'll say, oh, Linda, I can tell you're doing better. And I'm going, you, you, you don't, you don't see inside. Exactly. You don't see this huge thing. Mm -hmm. I feel must weigh a ton that I'm carrying around. Yes. And I don't know how to get rid of it. And so I kept saying to God, I feel like you want me to do something. And it has to do with hope. Because you want me to hope more in you, even though I can't see. So I just started writing out some things about hope. We were talking earlier, Laura, about how sometimes God wakes us in the night and Mm -hmm. we will just hear him speak to us. Well, I heard the words in the middle of the night, the declaration of hope. I said, okay, God. I feel like this is something important that I'm to write out. It's like a declaration that I am going to declare these things before you. And so I've been writing different things out, but I wrote this out like, I mean, America wrote a declaration of independence. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I wrote a declaration of hope, it was like I was at a crossroads in my life. And God knew this, I wanted to align myself with God. Mm-hmm. And there was so much pain inside me that my mind was sort of going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to set my thoughts on Christ. But did you feel like you were like just being sucked down into this darkness? You know, I was, in fact, I wrote this out. I said, I feel like I'm, it, I'm going down mm-hmm. and then to discouragement and then to despair. And I'm going to end up in depression. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go up to hope because yes. I know from hope I can really go to trust. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I want to align myself with God. So I'm going to write out this declaration of hope. Sorry, but this is where I am breaking in to stop for today's episode. Don't you just love Linda? If you were touched by today's talk with her, I assure you that next week is even better as we start out with her declaration of hope and we go much deeper into some of the spiritual struggles we have after our child dies and how we can counter the attacks of that suffocating darkness we find ourselves in. How would you like to have a getaway weekend in Florida with just a small, intimate group of perivers, along with Dave and myself? How would you like to book your room there for free? Well, we have been able to reduce the room prices, so we have room for two moms who can come only for the cost of the registration, with their room fee being completely covered, and the other rooms have been reduced as well. Now, this is a three-night all-inclusive retreat just for a small group of parents to hang out together, share our children with each other, and you will be ministered to directly by myself and Dave. The retreat in Florida is just over a month away. We also have a scholarship for either a single or a couple who would like to attend, but their finances are just too tight right now. We really want someone to take advantage of this loving gift. So please email me at laura, L-A-U-R-A, 
at gpshope.org if that's you. We can even work out possible transportation. So don't let this opportunity get past you. Please check out coming to the retreat in Florida. You can find out more about this GPS Hope and Healing Retreat, and you can register by going to gpshope.org slash retreat, or just go to the website, find the events, and it will be under there. For those of you who want to know when my next book will be out, Reflections of Hope, Daily Readings for Bereaved Parents, is now in the final edit stage, which will take a while. This is a a robust book. It's a daily readings. By then, it will be fairly close to Becca's birthday. So the plans are to officially release it then on April 13th. If you want to be one of the first ones to know for sure, along with getting occasional updates on where we are in the process and possibly even getting the chance to get a copy before it's officially released, just go to gpshope.org reflections. It tells a little bit more about the book and you can sign up to get some of this pre-information before it's released. And I will put a link to that along with a link for the retreats in the show notes. Let's go ahead with this week's birthdays. Richie Rudkin was born on January 27th and is forever 27. Zachary Kidd was born on January 27th and is forever 26. Robert Scott Lell was born on January 28th and is forever 26. We celebrate the day these young men came into the world. We know it will forever be a special day in the lives of these families. If you would like to have your son or daughter announced on the birthday segment, the week of his or her birthday, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays. There's just the information we need there for you to fill in including the pronunciation of their name if it gets mispronounced once in a while because I want to make sure I say it correctly for you. Just submit that and I will be honored to do that for you. And Dave will also send you an email that week to remind you to listen to be able to hear it. I want to close by encouraging you to get Linda's book, Calm My Anxious Heart. I just got done reading it, and there really is some good stuff in there. Now, I got mine from my local library back home. I was able to check out the ebook version and read it digitally on my phone. And I just want to read the chapter titles to you. My Journey to Contentment, Content with Circumstances, Content to Be Me, Content with my role, content in relationships, a faulty focus. Worry is like a rocking chair. That was a a good one. You you can rock, but you don't get anywhere. Uh, Trusting God with the what ifs, trusting God with the if onlys, and trusting God with the whys. And I think you can especially, those last three chapters, were really good. And even though when she wrote this and there was a second edition that came out recently, even though she had not lost her daughter by then, she had a really firm grasp on the whys and the what ifs and the if onlys. So like I said, I encourage you if you can to get that book. 
And I look forward to having you listen to the rest of mine and Linda's talk next week. And as you grapple with trusting God with the what ifs and the if onlys and the whys, I, as always, want to encourage you to keep holding on. Pain eases. There is hope.